0: Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus,
1: prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Hey, Jenna. Hi. Merry Christmas. Wow. Today is Christmas Day. Wow. Wow. I feel like I'm about to break out into song. Isn't that a song? Today
0: like- is Christmas Day. I made that up. Ooh, I was like, is that something? I'm getting on board with that. <laughs> I think there is a song like that. Could we ask our guest?
1: <laughs> Laura, do you know any Christmas songs that start with today is Christmas Day? I just learned one from Jenna right there.
0: <laughs> Laura Kelly Fanucci via Skype. Hello.
2: It is a joy, a Christmas joy to be with you both.
1: (laughs) Laura, can I ask you to introduce yourself for anyone who maybe hasn't read one of your beautiful books or, yeah, or listen to your talks at one of the gatherings or listen to the podcast. Yeah. Catch up this new listener for me.
2: My name is Laura Kelly Nucci. I am a writer and a speaker. I am a mom and a wife. Until recently, I had worked for like 11 years on a theological research project on vocation and calling. But in the midst of 2020, I discerned that I should leave that and become a full-time writer and speaker. And that was a trip to just lay that on this year. So I am throwing myself on the mercy of God to see what comes next. I write about parenting and... Grief and calling. And yeah, those are some of my passions. So we'll see where it all goes next.
0: Laura, did you discern <laughs> that pre COVID? I did. Okay. What I was that like? It yeah.
2: During the pandemic, because I thought, who leaves a really good job with great work and a salary and coworkers they love in the midst of this? But I felt like, okay, God, we wrestled this out mm. for a good year, if not 18 months. And I just had to stick to that. I have a colleague who's a theologian and she has this great line for when she's discerned something, but then she has that doubt that rises up. She was like, God and I have made that decision. We have made that decision. I have to just see it through and trust that I made that decision already. So I keep telling myself this year, God and I made this decision. It looks nothing like I thought, you know, it's been a crazy year for everybody. Where God leads us next. I'm here for that. I am here for the turning of the page. To what comes next, you know? To new seasons. To Christmas as a season. (laughs) Yes, please. Yeah.
1: Honestly, that's how I felt about Advent. I feel like this is the first year that I have actually taken the church up Mm -hmm. on the offer of a new liturgical year. I've always been like, oh, that's sweet. But January 1st is the beginning of the new year. And this year I was like, no, we're done here. And (laughs) I'm taking on the new year at the beginning of Advent. And I have felt that like hope and joy and peace, like all of the things that you're supposed to feel during Advent, I've only really begun to experience because I began to think of it as a new year.
2: I love that. I'm right there with you. This too is the first year I have taken the church up on. Ta-da, <laughs> this is the new year. Yeah yeah. like that first week of Advent, I felt more peace than I have maybe all year. I felt like this is the year, the
0: big liturgical year when some of the change I hope for in my life, I think is going to come.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: for those of us who maybe didn't embrace Advent <laughs> as much as <laughs> Beth and Laura, I'm excited about today being Christmas.
1: New season, Jenna. Yes. New grace. The light has come. Amen.
0: And you know
2: what I love about that is like we didn't have to do anything for that light to come. Like that line from the Grinch. It came like Christmas came. But it is that reminder of I thought it had to do with the 20 million things on my to-do list and even getting myself in a place spiritually. No, here we are. It's Christmas. It's this full gift of grace. Just bask in it.
1: You know, I feel like there is this strong message coming to me from all fronts, and it's very simple. It's two words, the baby. People are sort of saying it flippantly, like the baby, Jesus, the incarnation, (laughs) the word made flesh. But I feel like in the past, when it's come to Christmas, I've, I've tried to zoom in on other things in order to zoom out on those secular things, the preparations, the to-do list. But it's like my vision has really narrowed. And I actually think it's a grace of this insane year that there's just not a lot to grasp onto otherwise. And so I've had this like laser focus just to look at the baby. As devoted as I am to the Holy Family, which is where I would normally kind of camp out, I'm like zeroed in on the baby. I've been so struck thinking about
2: how upside down this year has been. And I think I'm sitting with this radical vulnerability of that baby. Mm. Like what, why would you ever pick to come as a baby? We've made it look so sweet in all the nativity scenes. There's like a terrifying vulnerability with the baby. Everything has to be done for that baby. That's what I've been sitting with so much in prayer. Like weirdly God depended on humans like God depended on Mary and Joseph just to care for him like you would care for a newborn baby how do we even make sense of that and yet like cosmically God was still of course taking care of them and God was in charge of the whole plan so I think I've just been sitting with that radical vulnerability
1: of the baby You know, I think what's helped me is this beautiful illustration in the book you wrote, Emmanuel, of just that up-close image of this sweet infant face of Jesus. That's where I'm sort of resting.
2: What that image shows, there's such tenderness. Mm -hmm. You think about like newborn skin is so tender and perfect. Like it's never been sunburned or scarred or bruised. It's just the sacredness that comes with new life. And then you think, what was that like to behold the
0: life, the Christ child? That's mind boggling to me. Is that your favorite image in the book?
1: No, it's just because your favorite is Good Shepherd. Yes. It's just because it's Christmas that that's helped me so much in Advent. And that's kind of where I am this Christmas day, I think. But yeah, my favorite image, I think about it in prayer, I could start crying thinking about that Good Shepherd image right now. I can't stop thinking about that one either. What's your favorite, Laura?
2: My favorite is brother. Like that image of him at table. Really? The way that he's laughing or smiling. It's like he's caught in such a human moment among friends or relations. Like I just think that that kind of moves me to tears. Like what would it have been like to be at table with the Lord? Mm -hmm. He must have been the best storyteller he had a great sense of humor I think we miss that like there's parts of his parables are funny or the things he says Mm -hmm. they get flattened on the page you know but like he must have been just incredible to sit around the table with you know like we think about the holidays and all those times we're at the table with everyone and I can think about like one family member in particular who just is such a great storyteller and has such warmth and like you always kind of wanted to end up by them at the table and I think (laughs) oh my gosh I bet Jesus was like that. Like, you just couldn't get close enough.
0: I love thinking about his laugh. Yeah. I think we've talked about that before. I just would imagine it would be just like you're explaining. Like, it's just the person you want to be around. You feel their warmth and love just by their laugh.
1: There's this scripture in Revelation that his voice are like many waters. And that's kind of how I imagine his laugh. There's like a fullness to it and like a natural joy and power to it, and peace all wrapped into one. Well, and going back to what you were saying about the baby, I don't think I've ever thought till just now
2: to think about that he laughed for the first time. And he spoke for the first time. Like, what was that like? All these hidden moments we don't hear about, but like, what a beautiful thought. You know, he's fully human. Like, those milestones. He would have gone through like we did, like what joy that first laugh was or that first smile. I've never thought about that. But what you're saying about just zeroing in on the baby, that's a beautiful invitation to prayer. I've never gone down that road of reflection and prayer, but I'm feeling that as you're saying Mm -hmm.
0: that. Well, I'm so grateful, Laura, that you wrote this. It's our Christmas book called Emmanuel, A Christmas Feast. Yeah. Do you mind explaining just a little bit of your heart behind it? I know we've been talking about the names, so maybe just give a little explanation of it.
2: Well, we wanted a book for the Christmas season. You know, we have so many beautiful resources for Advent, so many ways to enter into prayer. And sometimes it would feel to me like with these preparation seasons of Advent or Lent, like we'd really come right up to the great feast and then it's like, well, now what? How do you actually feast and how do you live out that whole season of celebration? Yeah, we dreamed up this idea of a book for Christmas of each day of the Christmas season. For a long time, my family's prayer practice in Advent was to pray with one name of Jesus each day. Those names of Jesus have just transformed Advent for me meditating on one each day. I always would feel like I could stay with that one for a week. I'm almost not ready for another one, but it's that abundance of the names. It just feels like a feast. So that's what I did with this book. We have one name of Jesus for each day of Christmas and (laughs) a scripture that brings forth that name and a prayer, a reflection that I wrote. And then I really wanted it to be like a feast for Christmas to think about ways to actually live out the whole Christmas season. I'll often hear people kind of ask that question on social media, like, how do you keep celebrating? Or like, how do you keep doing Christmas when we all know on December 26, like everything's on the clearance rack, and we're already on the next holiday. So how do we live in a different way, like out of sync with our culture? How do we enter into Christmas? So I wanted to think about How do we pray with the hymns of Christmas? So there's hymns in this book. I love the the sermons of the early church fathers. Like they could preach and they saw all these connections between the names of Jesus and scripture. So we have some of those homilies from the early church fathers in there that bring out these names. So I just wanted it to be like this feast, like this abundance of ways to come to the manger, to come and know Emmanuel with us in
0: Christmas every day. So I'm so excited to be starting this. Laura, I know that one of your favorite words is behold. I feel like you really like Emmanuel too. I do love Emmanuel. I think that's my favorite name. Like
2: God with us, that just blows my mind. I mean, God could have been a thousand different ways. God could have been The kind of God that just set the world to spin or a God that watched over us with all providence and cared for us, but like never got in the mess, you know, never got caught up in our sin and suffering, like didn't need to, you know, could have kept a distance for a holy distance from that. And I think, no, that God is with us is such a profound truth that God is with each one of us at every moment of our lives is incredible. I think that turns everything upside down about who God is. And even that the prophets, that's one of the names they gave for, you know, who this savior would be. You know, that the virgin will be with child and she will name him Emmanuel. So to think about like all through scripture, all through salvation history, we we know that this is a God with us. And then that God comes to us in this brand new way. As the Christ child, yeah, I love that name.
1: There's another verse in Revelation that I love. It's in chapter 21, verse 3. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. It's right before he will wipe away every tear, but my mind is blown by the fact that God's home, he feels most at home among us. It's incredible. You draw our attention to this so beautifully in Emmanuel that he is most profoundly with us and incarnate in the Eucharist, abiding with us.
2: I think that that is that sense of like God's living with us. You just think about what a tabernacle is and the dwelling and abiding with us that a tabernacle is. And then you think, what is it when we take the Eucharist into our own bodies What was that for Mary to carry Jesus within her own body? There's so much of that abiding and dwelling. What a beautiful mystery that that's how God most wants to be with us in the world. Mm -hmm. There's all these other ways. Maybe God could have been. God could have been next to us. You know, God could have been watching us from a distance. No, God is dwelling with us, abiding with us. I love that.
1: I think it's just no coincidence that our planner for this year, the theme are the names for God. And at the same time, you're writing and continuing and sharing this beautiful tradition of meditating on the names of God. There's something that the Holy Spirit is doing here, I think, unilaterally saying, come to know who I am. I want to be everything. If you have a problem, I've got a character trait for that. If you've got a relationship, I want to be in there. And here's how you can call upon me. Here's what you can learn from me. He's saying, I am everything. So discover all of these different aspects of my character. Come see this different side of my face. That's what I love about just the concept of Emmanuel and the planner. Yeah, I remember when (laughs) You told me, Jenna, that that was going to be the
2: planner theme for this year, too. And I thought, yeah, that's one of those the Holy Spirit is up to something Mm -hmm. moments because there's a thousand different things we could have thought about for all of these. But to say he's drawing us to know him in all these different ways, it just broadens our understanding of who God is. Every name is like a door, you know, by which we can come to know God. There's that invitation for more of us to draw close there's all these doors by which you can come to know Jesus.
1: Okay, wow. Did you just think of that or have you been meditating on that like image the door? of the door? Because Jesus literally says like I am the gate, certain translations I am the door. I've always been like, oh, I guess I understand it from like a good shepherd perspective of the shepherd like laying across the opening, like, I guess I get that. And like the way, okay, so he's like opening. But when you say that these titles, these names are the door, I'm like, wow, that opens up that scripture for me in in such a beautiful way.
2: No, I hadn't thought of that. And you just helped me actually, because the gate was always one that I could not understand. Like, I love the good shepherd. And I'm like, how is he both of these things in the Mm -hmm. parable? Like, I would start to think, I don't get how you're the gate and the shepherd. I didn't get the
1: gate, and now you've helped me with that. I'm here for you. You're helping me. I'm helping you. Wow, (laughs) Jenna, tell me, is there a name or a title that has been really precious to you in your relationship with the Lord?
0: Yeah. So my spiritual director actually just invited me uh, through a book. I'm talking about sacred story through learning about Ignatius and then diving into my own story. So one of the exercises from the book that she invited me to do was to think about And pray. I just think prayer is probably key here. Um, (laughs) Not just like look at what you like, but like actually, you know, sit and be like, Lord, what's the name that you want me to ponder, to deepen in understanding in relationship with you? And so as I was doing that and I was praying and just asking him, the word that was like glaringly obvious was friend, the name, I should say. It was just really healing in that moment on like a surface level way of I've had so many broken friendships this year and just so much pain and confusion and heartache. It reminds me of, you know, all of the friendship issues I've had my entire life and growing up and just remembering that he is my friend. He is the friend that will never leave.
2: The names that have become most meaningful to me were like kind of given to me. And I was surprised by them. I don't know that I've ever gone seeking one. And that what you were saying really inspired me to to take that to prayer and say, Lord, how do you want me to know you? I don't think I've ever prayed that about the name. You know, they've kind of come to me, I think about like grief that I've been through and companion was a name that just carried me through so much of that. And Good Shepherd has has helped me so much to pick me up in really hard places in my life, but I've never gone seeking one, and that really stirred something in me when you shared that. So thank you. That was really important for me to hear. When I was writing Emmanuel, I've been reading Luke all year. I dipped into Matthew for a while <laughs> for Advent, but I just I don't know. I'm so drawn to the Gospel of Luke, and I found myself underlining every time. It said amazed. It's all over Luke. I wow. don't know how I missed it. Mm-hmm. They were amazed. They were. Mm-hmm. He was amazed. They were. And I think oh, I overused that word, you know, like oh, I got this chai latte. It was amazing. <laughs> but what a thing to say that that was so often people's reaction to him. They were amazed. I think that's this invitation in Christmas too to just say this thing that happened was amazing. It should just knock you off your feet, some part of it, you know, not that you have to have some deep spiritual conversion every Christmas, but like to just sit in that quiet amazement of this is how much he loved us. This is how much God loved you, that God wanted to show up in the world in this way and live among us and change everything about how we could live. That's amazing. Do you have prayer practices around Christmas? I think that's part of what struck me around Mm. writing this book was I didn't have any special prayer practices around Christmas, like no special devotions or ways that I prayed. And I felt like this season always just gets swept up for me. Christmas parties, family, which brings up all the family stuff (laughs) and just the busyness. So I'm just so curious about what it could be like to be in deeper prayer in Christmas. It feels like this open space in the year for me to think about prayer, you know?
1: Yeah. It's funny. Just this morning, I was asking the Lord what he wanted for his birthday because I've started baking, you know, this year. <laughs> and so I thought, like, this could be the first year I, like, made him a birthday cake. So I kind of had that in my heart that I wanted to do that, but I thought I would ask him. So when I said, what do you want for your birthday? He just asked me to do a holy hour, to just mm-hmm. come and be with him for an hour and i think that's all he ever wants is just to be with us it's where he feels the most at home is with us so i want to give him that home and isn't that beautiful like he
2: just wants to be with you not even do with you not even have you do something yeah for him like this it's that stereotype but i think christmas becomes so much about doing I internalize so much of that. Like, I got to do, I got to do to make people happy. I got to do to check things off my list. Where can I just be with the Lord? That's all he wants us to be with us, to dwell with us. Maybe it's like how when you have a newborn, like when you are physically caring for a newborn or holding it, like you can't do anything else so you think true. you can. All you can do is be with that baby and let them like sleep on your chest And just the weight of that child, maybe that's just all I need in Christmas is just to take the baby and just say, I can't do anything else, I'm holding the baby. Yeah, maybe that's prayer enough. Find those moments each day to just say, how do I come back to Emmanuel every day in this season?
0: Well, gals, now I just wanna go pray. Me too. Laura, would you lead us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.
2: Amen. God of so many names, We just praise you today for the gift that you are to us at Christmas for being our Emmanuel with each of us always. May we enter into the joy of this season. May we come to know you by different names. May we open a new door into who you are and what you call forth from us. Bless our Feasting and rejoicing and celebrating and draw us closer to you in quiet moments of deep prayer this season just to sit with you, to soak in your word, to be with you. We praise you by all your holy names and we thank you for the gift of your son, Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.
1: Amen. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. Laura, what a Christmas gift to be with you. This
2: was joy. My heart needed this. Merry Christmas, my friend. Merry Christmas to you. I hope you will check out in the Blessed Is She shop. Give yourself or someone you love the gift of more time for prayer this season and ideas for feasting all Christmas
0: long.
1: Thank you, Laura. Love you.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.